Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome back to Car Chat. And I am here today with Merlin McCormack. Is that how you say it? That's how you say it. McCormack at Duke of London. And you are at Duke underscore of underscore London on Instagram and all that sort of stuff. You're not a a social media influencer type person. The Duke of London is an establishment. Yes. um, We we had this debacle yesterday and somebody asked me in a uh, thing we were filming. I was like, how did it come about? And I said, no, I, I mean... Uh, am I allowed to say that I just made it up? Because I really did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've actually done... I've, I've seen some pretty funny, amusing little videos come out over the last couple of years. Yeah. Produced. You did one yesterday. Yeah, we, we don't really take it too seriously here. As we try and, um, I guess, exhort some of our uh, own personality through our social media channels and things. And again, we're not a polished dealership per se <laughs> which is probably quite apparent so what would you describe yourself as and this place um i mean predominantly i guess going back on exactly what i just said i buy and sell classic cars and some more modern supercar stuff um and this place itself is being built as a hub for car enthusiasts in london i kind of got so pissed off with not having anywhere to go that was within reach. Yeah. Um, we're in sunny Brentford. We're in sunny Brentford in West London. It's an area that's been close to my heart for many years. I grew up near here. We used to explore these derelict buildings when we were naughty kids. And now we have taken the opportunity to kind of restore an old soap factory into West London's first kind of car venue for people of a like-minded yeah, disposition. If yeah, you it's, it's, I, I don't know when I first came across you. It was probably... I don't know, five years ago now when you had your first... Yeah. The first 
site. Yeah, because I remember you, the first time I met you, you came down in, in blue. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah just to cruising. the old stables, which was an old, I mean, you remember it. It was uh, half the site was a wood recycling plant, and the other site, the other half of the site was my buildings. So the place was just covered in sawdust constantly. <laughs> um, we had two year long battle there with dust, and the, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting place but the building itself is beautiful that was an 1890s built stable block that used to be uh on the ground of the old original brentford market going back to like the 1700s when that was founded um so it's a really characterful place and i think that really was what springboarded a kind of identity for us we only had a little seven car set up there i mean you've been there yeah uh, and that's now been demolished and made way for brentford football club's new stadium so it left us homeless. We had a really interesting three weeks before we had to move out when we literally didn't have anywhere to go. And then I found a site adjacent to where we are sat right now. And it had a great landlord developer who had, again, plans to regenerate it in a few years to come. But they let us in and they thought I was absolutely crazy because I spent a fortune <laughs> renovating what was going to be a demolished building in no time. But I, I tried to explain to them that we can't exist and sell the kind of cars we want to sell unless we kind of bring the, the building up to a standard. By the same token, obviously, that our rent was heavily subsidised, so it allowed us to be in this part of town in that kind of capacity. That was a 15,000, 16,000 square foot site, so a huge step up from what we'd had initially. Two years later, they pulled the plug on that. Um, <laughs> but we, with Grace, we, we knew it was coming. We, we had plenty of notice that time. And fast forward to January this year, we took the keys on the building we're sat in now, which, yeah, we've got just shy of, I think we've got 51,000 square foot here. So it's been a huge leap. Hefty, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're just having some fun with it. We are diversifying every little corner and cupboard under the stairs and trying to build a community of small creative businesses, artists, car businesses. We're, we're opening a pizza restaurant uh, before Christmas. Nice. So Santa Maria, a uh, big shout out to Pasquale and Angelo who are moving in. The pizza oven actually arrives tomorrow, so it's all very exciting. They've been voted London's best pizza by time out, however many years on the trot. So uh, I think, it, again... When are they When are they here? Uh, they'll be open for Christmas. Okay, I'm going to have to come. Yeah, so come we, pizza. we want people to just to come here... Whether you're into cars or not, the, the, we've, we've kind of taken a view when we designed the space. And there wasn't much thought behind that. We kind of made it up as we went along. I'm bullshitting a bit here. But we um, we didn't want it to be too car theme. We didn't want the whole place to be adorned with just car stuff because we wanted it to be welcoming to the locals and people who aren't necessarily as passionate about cars as we are. And we, we host other events here. So with that in mind, we want people to come here for just for dinner, for lunch, whatever, come and hang out. So yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. I remember that when I went to your first... The first stables, I guess. It was a a real sort of insight, I guess, into the mind behind. I should add this. just quickly. Sorry, Sam. The noise in the background, if it's been picked up, is Reggie, our sort of mascot French oh, yeah, bulldog. Apologies. Uh, there's this a is, bulldog there's nothing weird going on here. There's <laughs> <laughs> all sort of snorting and licking noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember going to the first stables, and it was it was just such a. <laughs> Um, it was just such a cool place versus other dealerships. Like you go into so many dealerships and that sort of, I mean, it's not really a dealership, but you go into so many dealerships now and they're so like clinically clean mm. and, you know, there's a really smart desk at the front and then these cars all just are aligned in straight lines everywhere. And then there's a picture of like one Ferrari on the wall or whatever. Mm. And then... Massive price tags. and That's my idea of hell. And, and no one wants to go in. No one wants <laughs> yeah. to go into these places. They're not inviting either. And I think, you know, there are some beautiful examples of places like that. And we've got mutual friends who own places like that. And they're hugely successful. And I'm very proud of what they're doing. But they are very tailored to their clientele. 
We kind of want to yeah. be a bit more accessible, approachable. We, you've seen the, the vast variety that we sell. It's everything from five grand stuff up to million pound stuff and everything in between. Yeah. So there's, if you're into cars, there's something for everyone. If you're not, again, we're trying to add elements to bring other people on board and get them involved in the business and the brand and, again, the community that we're building here. Yeah, for sure. When you first walk into this place, well, first of all, you come across a blue floor. Mm. Like the <laughs> all the sort of concrete and pavement outside has been painted blue. I guess this is part of the, so the that, development. There, there was there was a, a story there because for, for I mean we didn't know entirely what the, the whole facet was behind that. But Ballymore, who are the owners of this site and the developer who's going to be taking over in a few years and demolishing this and building flats where we sat, um, decided to kind of uh, reimagine, if you will, where the Great Flood of Brentford occurred. Mm. however many hundreds of years ago so that was actually the water level historically from oh, records okay. yeah Brentford was under underwater for some months so yeah it's, it's yeah, a bit tongue-in-cheek and it's become very recognizable i think through our social media and stuff yeah, it's totally. it lends itself so well to shooting cars on tim our sort of house photographer guy tim scott he is it, it took him a while to, i think to persuade him it was the place to be <laughs> but now it's kind of built his own brand and he loves shooting here so it works for everyone yeah it's really cool and you'll see loads of photos if you ever see some photos and it's like a bright sort of like a light pale blue i guess floor and background that is that is where we are cheek of london and it's it's good for for the meats and stuff and as i was saying if you walk in it's not like most dealership type places there's you know there's like a smeg fridge over there there's some bicycles on the wall there's loads of like funky furniture everywhere and it's just this it's not one big unit that is then filled with stuff. It's all this sort of like quirky little areas and corridors yeah. as you walk around and you find different stuff. And like you said, yeah, you've got some some cheap stuff and then you walk around a corner and there's a... What's that downstairs? Is it a 355 Challenge? Yeah, it's a right and drive car. original Challenge car, yeah. That's quite cool. That's an awesome thing. Yeah. Um, it's like blue with yellow stripes yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Did someone just say, hey, I've got this to sell? Do you want yeah, it? Yeah, so uh, we, we, we do... Majority of our stock is on consignment. We do own some of it, but it's it's uh, a big part of our business model where we sell for other people. That car belongs to a dear friend who has had it for a number of years and it's just time for him to move on. Did he race it or is it... He hasn't actually raced it. He's rebuilt it. So he's quite a well-known Ferrari man and he's uh, overseen a kind of uh, renovation on it respray a mechanical overhaul on it so it's now ready for it's, it's really, you could literally take it on the track tomorrow which is quite exciting yeah, and it comes cool, with the, um, the the famous brakes but they're not on the car at the moment they're in the box <laughs> just because if they go wrong it's like 20 grand so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got road brakes on it at the moment what um, got you into cars have you always been a car person yeah I mean from from birth I know when Becky was on here the other day, it was sort of the, the cliche bump in the tummy thing, but yeah. it's the same truth for me. So my parents have always been into cars and my dad started out at Rolls-Royce as an apprentice, uh, as a panel beater back in, well, he lied to them and told them he was 18. So he would have been, I think it was when he was 50, so it would have been like 1975, 76. <laughs> he dropped out of school and started as an apprentice there within a handful of years, worked his way up the ranks and was final inspector on the production line at Munler Park Ward, the Rolls factory and NW10. And yeah, he is just an unbelievably skilled craftsman and one of a dying breed. So he sprung away from that in, in the early 90s and started up his own business called the Romance of Rust. And I was brought up around that. So yeah, we, we started sweeping floors when I was probably old enough to hold a broom yeah. and spent our summer holidays in there hitting our fingers with hammers and spray painting things and just you know, making a nuisance of ourselves. And yeah, it, it, the passion grew from that. My mum, same thing. She's all, she's She was in 
uh, she had estate agents when we were kids, but she always had the most eclectic collection of cars. At the moment, I'm looking after, we're just recommissioning her 1967 Plymouth GTX, which is this, it's kind of like, a, it's the same platform as the 67 Dodge Charger. Mm. So it's a two-door coupe muscle car with a 7.2 litre V8 in it. That was really was her daily driver for about two years when we were at school. That's bad. Um, and she'd turn up to these viewings to you know, show all of her houses and stuff. It'd be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, share, she's a bit mental. So, yeah, I think by proxy it, it was going to rub off on me. And then I bought my first car when I was 11, a little Peugeot 205. On eBay, I paid £32 for that. And nice. a penny, the important. I think that's what won me the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I needed a new steering rack, so I had that fitted, sold it, made a profit, and then that, that kind of snowballed into a business from there. Yeah. There's a very long bit in between. <laughs> but, yeah, that's kind of the, the gist of it. Because Romance of Rust, that was, I remember your first place. Was it, I can't remember, was it called Duke of London at that point in time? So, yeah, so Romance of Rust is Dad's thing. So whilst he's, he's still a separate entity, it's all kind of, we, we, we've, we took a view when we opened the factory where we are now earlier this year to kind of have it all under one umbrella, but it's still very much his business, mm. uh, the restoration business. And yeah, so the Romance of Rust at the original place was there before I founded Duke of London. So he'd been based in Ealing pretty much his entire life. He founded it in Ivo in Buckinghamshire and they moved it to Ealing very shortly after in the 90s and then it was in the Ealing in a couple of different locations over those years. We then moved that business to... Uh, the Brentford Football Club site back at, must have been 2012 or thereabouts yeah. and the unit next door to him then became available at the same time that I decided to take this full time and so I leased that from Brentford Football Club uh, so we had the entire building and then after that about a year later I took on about seven other buildings opposite uh, Duke's Paddock we called it and began to kind of work with other small businesses whether it be taking a, a sort of stake in them or subletting to them and built a nice little community down there that we've then scaled up once more into the old place and then scaled up quite substantially into this place here yeah it's quite cool coming to a place where there's i know this is the vision of having a bunch of different stuff in one place that is mm. also now in london and not that far away from central or wherever you can get to that's not necessarily ace cafe which I like the Ace Cafe, but yeah. it, it sort of is what it is. It, it is it precisely. I mean, when Dad sort of had a, a, a light hand, a kind of reopening of that when that happened back in the noughties, mm. and we used to go there a lot as we were kids, but I know, I know you've been there many years yourself, so you, you'll be able to agree that the demographic and kind of the event culture down there has changed dramatically over the last three or four years. I like this place for what it stands for, but I think it's a shame that it sometimes attracts the wrong crowd. It's totally being taken over, well, not so taken over, but kind of taken over by the worst aspects yeah, of the car, car community. Culture. Don't car get me wrong, the classic car night there, the Porsche night, it's still fantastic, and that's a real nice, kind of, again, a community-led event. But then when you see all these, uh, I don't go up there regularly, like but yeah, with kids standing on the side of the road and, and stuff, it's, it's going to go wrong, and it often does. And that's totally the opposite of what we want to attract down here. You're welcome down here and whatever you've got. We're not snobbish about whatever you drive. It's just you've got to come with a kind of level of sensible, to be honest. behave yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we will kick you out. We, you, you, you even commented this morning on Checkpoint Charlie. Yeah. We have a manned gate at the top of the road and we will not let you in if, if you've misbehaved before. That's quite a good way of sort of monitoring. I don't know when I last came, but you, your, your checkpoint wasn't there. Yeah. But it's quite a good way of just keeping a little bit of a lid yeah. on it. I know Caffeine and Machine, have you, they, have you been up yeah, there? Yeah, I have. And I think they've done a, a 
brilliant job. I know they've struggled with antisocial behaviour, and it's it's something that is almost for them. I really feel for them because it's almost impossible to police yeah. once they're outside of their driveway. Obviously, it kind of is their problem, but it's also not. Yeah. Um, so I do feel for Phil and the boys up there, but I, I don't. Th- I think they'll be able to overcome that. I think. Yeah, that- totally. And they and they've made a big thing about yeah, saying, completely. like, don't be a dick. Don't yeah. be a dick. I think there's a big sign. Yeah, there is on the, on the grass. Out, yeah, yeah. On the grass, saying, don't be a dick as you drive out. Yeah, and it's it's quite nice to see. You know, everyone does the old drift every now and then and prats around and more when you're younger and less when you're older. And, and I, I found the more I drive on track, the less I have, have any desire to prat I drive like an road. old man now. Yeah, like, I, I look back how I lived through my teens is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like, I kind of respect the roads a bit more. And yeah. Yeah, you're and right, it, it comes of age. And it's funny, and I, and I think the car community is sort of maturing a little bit, mm. or the general Car yeah, community yeah. is going, okay, this is an event, it's put on by great people and they don't want to get shut down. That's it. If I mean, again, we, we've got an amazing relationship with Ballymore, who are the developer at this site here that we rent from, and as much as they are really liberal with what they get go on there, they could not have that down here, nor could we. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we want to keep our noses clean and just be somewhere where people... And also, it doesn't look appealing to other people. I certainly wouldn't want to go no. somewhere... That is, you know, if there's videos and stuff going up online, it's just not really my scene. No. There's, a, there's a scene for it and great. And I do miss the days of this kind of like Curry's car park meets at like <laughs> yeah, two yeah. in the morning, the tunnel runs and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, those days are kind of gone They're for me. sort of gone. <laughs> yeah. And I think for most, yeah, potential customers and all that sort of thing, it's just, it's not, it's not, it's not acceptable anymore. No, not at all. But yeah, it's, times are changing. But it is really cool to come somewhere where, you can pop in, and I, one of the things I like about coming here is one. I always see you driving stuff that I'm like, "What the hell is that?" Like, and then over time, I think from probably from when we sort of first met, which is probably ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Funny hell, that's a long yeah, time. Yeah, we, we we we're looking good. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing all right. Like you always like driving around, or I've got various stock that I just absolutely have no idea what it is. Whether it's like old American cars or like what is that big. American thing that beneath you just, the office, yeah. So that the, the sort of bluey, greeny, yeah, blacky yeah. thing. So that dad built that. So that was his 1950 Ford Mercury. So it starts off as like kind of a family coupe, if you will. They did a four door yeah. version. It was just like in the working man's car back in the 50s, kind of a luxury thing, but not quite a Lincoln, which was mm. the pinnacle of luxury at that point. So he bought that as a shell in Nebraska in the states in the 80s and shipped it over and spent most of the 90s chipping away at it around customer work and chopped the roof and uh, radius to the corners and changed the French in new headlights, French in the rear lights into the bumper, and just it's like every panel is yeah, being touched. Being touched yeah. And he bought that just purely as a show car. <clears throat> he rushed to get it finished for a, a concourse in 2001, the Louis Vuitton concourse at the Hurlingham Club, and it, it won best in class, and then he had no part to play in the mechanical side of things <laughs> in, the, in the build, and then plastered thing wouldn't start. Oh, no. And you have to drive to the podium to yeah, glacier. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, from that point on, he kind of just like fell out of love with it immediately, and it went into storage, and we just dug it back out, and I've kind of put a lot of pressure on him to uh, to rebuild the engine, which has just been done that goes back in before Christmas. Yeah. So I've, I've never driven it. Um, right, he's done yeah. 300 miles in that car, I think, since he built it, so I'm going to have it out in the new year I've it's just to be a seen. really cool looking thing yeah and it's, whilst it's not really my scene to go up and down Sloan Square and Sloan Street yeah. doing you know, parade laps out beach and place but I think it'd be quite cool to take it out to town and just confuse people yeah because like <laughs> m- most people nowadays you just see someone driving in a 488 
or yeah. quite often central London, it might be a LaFerrari, yeah. but there might also be five LaFerraris down the road. Yeah. And seeing like cool old American cars and stuff cruising around. And it's definitely that part of me, you know, how we were saying, uh, I, like, I drive way more chilled out now. Mm. Like at the moment, my MT's gone and I've got an S4 and I'm just loving just cruising around. And I can totally, there's this whole world of cars that now potentially start to make to sense. Yeah. Like, whether it's old Mercs or whatever, where you go, yeah, I would totally just drive that. Like, it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It is really cool. And you, you don't need to it's rag about, around yes, a track. It's, it's not go, going fast. Or, again, yeah, I mean, that, that said, I bought that old Cosworth thing and ended up on, I bought a 190 Cosworth a couple of weeks ago and kind of accidentally ended up on track on it on Saturday. <laughs> I was just explaining to you over a coffee. But, it, yeah, that, that was... Uh, 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 probably never going to repeat that again. <laughs> so we, we did, what was we, so great or not great about having that car on track? Well, I mean, it's a car that I've wanted since... I, I literally have wanted a 190 Cosworth since I was a kid. It had to be the Smoke Silvers, which is basically a gold. It had to have the manual box, or the, the Senna spec, if you will. Yeah. And I picked this up. We've put a lot of work into it in the last two or three weeks. It needed, it'd been sat for quite a few years. It's got self-leveling rear suspension and that was shot and it was kind of like, look, do I stick coilovers on it for like 500 quid or do I spend a fortune having it kept original and yeah. working properly, so, which I did the latter because I kind of, I will eventually do that up to sell. Yeah. And so self-leveling suspension with a kind of, a, it's not traction control, but it's got this weird locking diff thing on it <laughs> that kicks in every now and then. It, it, it's awful. On track. Where did you take it? Bedford, yeah. Give so that Bedford was water, in the rain. We had intended to take the Clio that myself and my other half have built up to up to the track, but the, the diff went on the way. So we ended up on track in this uh, in this Cosworth, which we managed, I think, seven laps. I spun twice, she spun once in Solid. the wet. And we said, I think do you, we should do you have much experience driving on track in the wet? Not an awful lot, no. <laughs> she had none. She'd never driven on track. And I, I said, Georgia, Ooh. here's the keys. She'd never driven the car. She's never driven a car with a, with a dog leg box either. And so she's got in there. And I was like, we're literally in the pit lane. I went, right, you're, there you go, you're going. And she's like, uh, uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And just embraced it. And I was like, fuck, okay. She did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was an emotionally and physically exhausting day. <laughs> yeah. I, was, um, I got here before Merlin this morning and I just saw. Because the uh, whatever the, the sort of door, oh, the, shutter, yeah. the shutter was halfway down, so I couldn't see who was driving. But I just saw this long bonnet of this one ninety <laughs> just like cruise up. I was like, oh yeah, Merlin's in another random cool car today. <laughs> yeah, it's good fun. I think that another car that you know we were talking earlier about the the the, uh, the market, the classic car market. Mm. It's another car that is sort of now having its day. People are going for the more kind of affordable, obscure stuff. It's no secret that the sort of you know, the hundred to two hundred gram, no sixties and seventies, nine elevens are struggling to sell. Yeah. But yet this kind of pocket money stuff, people are kind of going, okay, cool, yeah, that's the next best alternative, and I think that's a safe bet. And right? there's loads of things out there that are, let's say you want a seventies nine eleven, fine, that's that's one thing. Yeah. But there's loads of stuff out there that is cool in its own right. Totally. And, and unique as well. It's different. I think that and it's different. Yeah, you've got your lovely 911. We've just picked up a, a, a 72 side oiler Targa mm. for my old deer that we're just recommissioning. So I, I love them. That won't go anywhere. That will stay in the family now. But but there's loads of other stuff. Yeah, it's, it, the box has been ticked. And whilst I love it and I love the way it drives, and I'm sure you can say yeah. your, your car is phenomenal. So yeah. it's an amazing it's experience. Great. There is so much more to it than just being another guy on Instagram with a 911 yeah. back date or hot rod or whatever. This, this, the, they're still cool. They'll always be cool. But, okay, what else? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm looking and, for the more interesting stuff. Is, I definitely get that enjoyment walking around here. Like, if I just stick my head up, what can I see? Now, this is going to 
basically I'm going to have no idea what these things are. <laughs> um, there's some there's some old minis, some yep. classic minis. There's a lot of minis. I love a mini. What else have we got? We got a, a Lancia. So you got the uh, Evo Two Delta. Yeah, that's a mega car. Um, just. It just looks so cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eugenio almost kind of set the world alight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and rightly so, with the whole make Lancia great again thing. I mean, it, it was it was almost... Uh, green was never great. Can we, like, we can all agree that this is a complete phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I like love green. green, but it was never... Cons- I mean, it was an unlucky colour initially. Yeah. So that whole campaign was uh, tongue-in-cheek. And now I'm looking at, like... 991 target for GTSs and yeah. if there's a green one that's the one that buy yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. like yeah yeah that's probably going to be the one but the whole Lancia thing, I really Lancia want a green car right yeah now. me too Lancia have always been great like they are just the most stupid eccentric but awesome thing ever I mean the clocks in that Delta for instance they look like you've made them up it's like you've given the kids <laughs> some like uh, the, uh, draftsman paper and gone right you can just design us the whole thing is just a fuss but the car is seriously capable as their rally history proves yeah. and yeah I've had a lot of interest in that we've, we've, we've reduced the price on it it's uh, we're, we're in a kind of a, an uncertain political and economical time yeah, so we're finding just... that things are finding their level which is not necessarily a bad thing because a lot of stuff as you know firsthand mm. has become overinflated and just you see the same car sat on the market for months and months and months and months we can't afford to do that we want to get yeah. stuff in we don't want to undersell anything but we need to keep stuff moving but yeah, that, that's, a, that's a cool thing. Yeah, it's always funny when you come across owners who are selling stuff and like, I'm totally one... Everyone, when they're selling stuff, it's like, no, my car my is the more. best. Yeah. It's, it's worth more because it's my car. And I'm like, no, no one cares. Literally, yeah. no one cares. No. It's like, a buyer's market at the moment. You, you, people, you, know, you, you read columns in classic car type magazines and they'll be like, oh, well, this is the, you know, it's just a... Blip. No, no, come on, things change. We, we've got to just keep up. You have to adapt. You have to be realistic. We want to sell cars. Um, we, as I said, we do a lot of stuff on consignment, but we are actually sort of we're not so certainly not struggling to consign stock, but we are being so harsh with what we take on at the moment yeah. because I can't sit on. You know, we we have got a bigger space now, yes, but we've only got so much space, and I can't afford to fill up the stuff. That yeah, I, and it I costs I money to have it. Yeah, yeah, I'm speculating on. So yeah, we want to get stuff in and keep metal moving. Have you got anything that you've, that's come in? You're like that is that's peach. Yeah, I, I, I compare this place Obviously to all of it. But. Yeah, oh yeah, but I, I compare this, this sort of owning this place to running a puppy farm because <laughs> you have to be so strict. It's it's an expensive hobby otherwise. But yeah, we, we we've got some real weird, and wonderful stuff in that is. I mean, we've got like a, a an NSX that turned up last uh, week before last. Lovely manual car in red that is just pristine. It, yeah, it used to belong to Dylan Miles, who is uh, super guy and dealer and collector and he had this crazy exhaust fitted to it um, so it's, it almost sounds like kind of Mercialago with a <laughs> you know, an SV or something it, it's, it's, it's ludicrous so that kind of tickled me I'd never I, I'd kind of appreciated that car from afar from a kid you know, the Gran yeah. Turismo thing but having now driven it and got to grips with it Do you ride it? what a machine it's actually, I, I, it's akin, and I'm not, I said this to somebody recently who had one, and they said, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. It's like driving a first-gen manual R8. Right. It's really engaging. It's not the fastest thing by any stretch yeah, of the imagination, yeah. but it's, it's such a rewarding and engaging car to drive, and the gearbox is superb. So, yeah, and again, you can't, the noise that thing makes, I haven't got a clue what's on it, but uh, <laughs> it, it's just berserk. <laughs> I, have to, I have to dig that one, yeah. find that one out. What else have we got around here? Oh, was it, it was, what was that car downstairs? 
that I pointed out. Okay, just so, restored. Yes, well, yeah, that was a, it's a Fassel Vega. So it's, what, it's Fassel a Vega? Yes, it's a French manufacturer. They were just the epitome of design and craftsmanship. Like, it sort of uh, looks a bit like a 50s Ferrari GT. Yeah, it's kind of got a different that style. Buono kind of potentially like a Zagato influence type yeah. thing. Um, but they're very, 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 very unique. There is nothing really to directly compare them to. So that's a Fassel 2. So it's, it runs a, a mobile V8, which quite often they're quite heavily tuned as well. So it's all like wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm. That car, when it was new, that's one of three manual right hand drives. That was the fastest production road car of its time which what sort of speed was I think it was that? 150 I mean I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here but yeah it's that, that kind of bracket it was yeah. fast for, quick yeah, yeah, back, then, yeah. back then yeah and that was restored by my dad 20 21 years ago and was just sold at Bonhams at the revival sale and the new owner contacted us and said look I've bought this car you guys restored years ago it's done I think 600 and something miles since your restoration and it's held up so well but could you service it and could you fit some receipt pops for my kids and things like that? So we, we've got that in. And weirdly, he turned up and he's like, no way. And we have one of the other of the three. So we've got two of the three on site <laughs> in bare metal at the moment that we're restoring for another private collector. And yeah, they're, they're, that, that's kind of become acquainted with them and is seen now as a bit of a go-to for them in the UK because there's, there's, yeah, there's not many people that Yeah, there's not many people that know They are so weird but they're, they're so beautiful they're one of the most beautiful cars in my mind ever it was made. like i i'm looking at this this room of sort of 20 cars lined up and i just suddenly see this like sort of metallic-y sort of a green uh, blue rolls royce peacock blue we painted that yeah so yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a mid blue but it's got a, like a green kind of a fleck in it yeah yeah literally absolutely no idea what it was but it's a very cool looking yeah looking thing you because i've i've Merlin has sort of has been my go-to person for random stuff that needs doing on my cars. <laughs> like whether it's just some brake pads or whatever. Have you had some... What's the weirdest request you've had from a customer to do to a car? To do to a car? Oh, that's different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we'll, we'll no, start I'm, with... I'm joking. <laughs> well, just actually, jokes aside, we do get some pretty weird requests. We host quite a lot of events here. Yeah. Um, so we hire the space out for events or we have we host our own supper clubs like two or three times a month oh okay that's quite um, cool where we want, again we want to integrate with the public uh, whether they be and are they sort of in the yeah, showroom we, we, type so we move most of the cars out of the showroom we still keep a few dotted around on display and we set up a couple of big banquet tables and just do these feasts oh that's cool um, we'll have to get you down to one yeah, but, totally. um, I love that stuff. we do a different theme each time so we've done like curry and pub quiz nights and we've done Sunday roast things and yeah. the most recent one we did was a, a seafood Sunday lunch and I didn't quite it was a, we, we uh, did that it was a joint venture with a local company who do seafood stuff we didn't know what to expect and if you're into like shellfish and fouille de mares and all that sort yeah. of stuff this was just unreal <laughs> I didn't know you know it, it, it's, it's not expensive but it's also not cheap so you want people to feel like they're getting what they pay for yeah. I've never seen so much food in my life. Really? <laughs> they kept bringing these, like, uh, these Fouille de Mer platters out, just piled. Everyone had, like, a lobster and a half each. Crap, everywhere. oysters. <laughs> and, yeah, it was like I'd died and gone to heaven. Um, so, we, yeah, we, we've got a few more of those coming up before the year's out. But, yeah, we, we get quite a lot of weird, weird requests. We've got people asking to do weddings here and stuff next year. Oh, okay. All interesting themes. That's quite funny. Yeah. But in terms of requests to cars, we, we just get... People come to us with just, like usually crazy problems and want us to solve them hmm. whether it be i had someone recently come to me asking me to fit they've got like an old gmc uh, okay. bus thing he's like right i want remote retractable uh side steps to blah, blah, blah. and i'm like 
Pimp my ride. Like, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, walk we, in we, we like, this place it. is quirky. Yeah, Maybe yeah. they can do it. Do you, uh, I want a TV. He's, he's a friend, and he, I was just like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> just, just leave it alone. It's it, you, you can climb in. But yeah, we, we we get all sorts of stuff. And we, yeah, we we are happy to do. We don't necessarily push this side of it, but we're always happy to help people like yourself. So whether it be just changing brake pads or fitting coilovers or servicing cars, we've got a great set of uh, techs down here that. A predominantly classic car orientated but they will do just you know, modern stuff running the mill stuff we've got a modern mercedes specialist that have got a unit from me based on site as well so they deal with anything from modern amg stuff all the way through to like the w123 w124 era stuff yeah yeah it's funny we've got a we've got a mutual friend who is one of those guys and i don't know whether you, <laughs> your audience out there you probably have this mate who he's bought a car and then the first thing he's done is decided <laughs> that he wants like 80 million bits of carbon to put on it which is not gonna it's, it's gonna it, it's a black car it's gonna look pretty much exactly the same the performance is gonna be the same and you're like dude you, have you driven it yet like, nah but it's gonna be great it's gonna be sick <laughs> we love him but so man has been finding some carbon bits for this guy yeah to go on his on his car it's gonna be the uh, the fastest evo in the med yeah <laughs> yeah lightweight bra yeah. <laughs> yeah good times I just got back from doing the 24 hour Citroen C1 we were talking about this a little bit earlier yes race at Spa have you have you so that that really appeals to me yeah because like, I'd, I'd seen it from afar and I saw um, a few other people had been there and ended up in similar territories as yourself and mm. uh, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd like to give that a go yeah, it I seems to be quite a nice entry-level way to have some fun. It's a great way. And for people out there that... I get this asked this question a lot, so I thought I might as well, might as well bring it up. Like Merlin said, OK, how do you get involved? What does it cost? And for for racing, that's a nice little parenthesis on that, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cheap for racing. So you can do a, let's say, the Silverson 24-hour race. We did it as a five, and I think it cost... It was about... £1,800 each. And that was for five hours of race time, probably. Five, six hours of race time each, assuming the first guy doesn't stuff it. Yeah, but but per hour, that's got to be the cheapest way to get out in a car. Absolutely. And that included, that was like everything. Turn up, we had testing on the Friday, all of our tyres. We were with a really good team called PrepTech who I had quite a big crash that ended our... And you live to tell I'm completely fine, like pretty much completely fine. Yeah, glad to hear it. For those that are thinking about driving Send a C1 flowers. around yeah. Blanche, around Spa in the wet, Blanchemont <laughs> is is questionably flat, so probably not. Um, <laughs> so I had quite a big off there, about ninety into a tire wall. But you'll be back. I'll be back. Learned a lot, and it's so much fun racing. Well, racing's fun. But the more racing I've done, the more I realise that good racing is the most important thing, not necessarily being in a fast car. Mm. Being a fast car is fun, but actually the racing aspect, like going go-karting, you want to be have a bunch of people who are a similar sort of speed as you, and you can have battles with them yeah. the entire time. You don't want to feel like your depth, and you also don't want to be the guy that's just lapping everyone yeah, bored out your mind. I mean, that, yeah. that's... That's quite fun in but itself. Novelty but wears novelty. <laughs> I have to say, I've not been that yeah, guy. Well, um, but you never know. You no. never know. Uh, on a go karting track, it's, it's, it's supercharged the next C one. You'll be exactly. Fine. I'm pretty sure the the team the team that won got pulled up for 
like breaking literally all the rules at the end. So they won, and then they ha- got like demoted to the bottom. <laughs> they'd they'd mess with their engine. They'd you were meant to be where you meant to have uh, yellow bits of plastic over your lights mm-hmm. so that the basically the the far, there were some cars that were faster than us. There's about 150 cars on track at once, which. That's I don't know how many people were on track at your track day at once. Yeah. Maybe like 20? 20 if that, yeah. And that feels like a little it's bit busy. busy. Yeah, 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 it's busy. So like nearly 10 times the amount <laughs> <laughs> on a bit bigger track, but that sort of thing. Um, and they had, for the faster cars, they had white headlights and then our class was yellow headlights. So you know if the person coming behind you is in the class above and therefore you should like, Move out of the way. Not, yeah. not necessarily move out of the way, no, but, but just be respectful. Yeah, be yeah, respectful yeah. and not really fight them. So these guys were running with white headlights when they were meant to, run to, meant to be running with yellow. And like a whole bunch of other stuff. And like, guys, like, yeah, okay, you won, but what, what do you gain by cheating? Like genuinely cheating. They had, they probably had another 10 horsepower than everyone else. And you, and you only <laughs> have about 60. Yeah. So I'd, I'd heavily recommend anyone that's interested in a bit of racing going getting in to see one. I think there's a Ford KA series as well. That's, that's meant to be quite... The, the other one that I quite like the look of is the, uh, the 2CV one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that would so be... Uh, in, our, in our 24-hour race at Spa, we had 2CVs driving around. And amazing. So it was almost like a little sort of... Not, not like Le Mans, but kind <laughs> of, because you've got these 2CVs driving around that can't keep up with the safety car. They, they, they can't <laughs> drive around at 50 kilometres an hour. To, they're not catching up with the safety car at this pace. And then you have the C1s, which are sort of in the middle, and then you have these these guys that have taken a 2CV, and they're called, like, the Diane or something, and they've basically just built their own car, like a prototype type C1, uh, 2CV. And they're 20, 30 seconds a lap faster than us, and we're 45 seconds a lap faster than the 2CVs or something. And um, it's quite funny, because you're going around and you've got these... TCVs that just suddenly you're halfway through a rouge and there's a two CV going like 20 miles an hour at the top. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, they look like that's, I do like a two CV. Have, yeah. have you ever driven one? They are, I mean, they're, they're about as uh, I don't say bad, interesting to drive as you don't. I love driving Citroens of that era, like you know, the, the SMs, the DSs, yeah. and things. And there's still a charm to the uh, two CVs, but the idea of having one on a track just appeals to the inner child. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like driving down a road is probably akin to be driving on a track because... Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be... Yeah, You're on the limit. Yeah, completely. No miles an hour. Yeah. There's so much to be said for driving cars that are slightly being pushed on the road. Yeah. Drive, driving the car to its limit instead of feeling like you're driving to your own and still not exuding, like taking yeah, everything out of the car. Absolutely nowhere yeah, yeah. near. It's a, it's a sort of weird point we're in now, I think, where modern supercars are just pointless. But you, you, the, 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 again, another cliche, you sit in the car and it's like you're blindfolded. Are you in an R8 or are you in a 458 or a 488? Or are you in a, well, you get an yeah. R8 and you're like, you don't even need to be blindfolded. And you go, are you in an R8 or are you in an S3? Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're, they, they're so good. That they're just, they don't appeal massively to me. Yeah. There's, there's certainly an appeal to owning one and having one. And, For sure. But... I, I know you've you've obviously done the whole uh, GT3 RS thing over yeah. just buying a dot dot dot, which I can kind of see the appeal of that more because it's it's a driver's car. It's a bit more interesting. Yeah, but even then, I'm I'm finding now that I'm I'm looking at older stuff. Yeah, 
just cooler type things. Like we were saying, all these cars that are not expensive no. or not anywhere near as expensive just because they've got a matching engine, blah, blah. Yeah. Matching. Don't get me started. Who cares? Yeah, there's a time and a place for this conversation, but we haven't got <laughs> enough time today to get through. <laughs> Do you have a favourite era of cars? Um... No, not at all. I, I, it's it's really, really varied. I'd, I'd say my least favourite era is probably current stuff. Yeah. Without, well, definitely is without a question. There's some cars out at the moment that I like and I'd like to daily drive. Like, I'd like a Bentayga. Mm. And everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, no, 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 genuinely. It's the nicest cool. experience uh, you know, for my seven-minute drive to work. It's yeah. what more do I want? Yeah, on the whole, everything from pre- and post-war stuff all the way through to the 80s, 90s, and some naughty stuff. I, I guess, really, I've got... I've always seen my own kind of stuff has always circulated around 60s, 70s, 80s stuff, be it, again, American stuff, Corvettes or muscle cars or, like, Astons from that... Like, my first Aston was a 79 uh, V8 Volante that had, yeah. like, an X-Pac conversion and was leery, to say the least, but not <laughs> but, you know, still not fast by modern yeah. standards, just sounded great. Um, all the way through to the Cosworth I've got now that stupid yellow Range Rover that I smoke around in and oh yeah it's a, it's a very yellow Range Rover <laughs> parked outside yeah so I, I went on the hunt to again I was bored and watched Lair Cake great film and thought oh, I really would love that Range Rover but half of it was filmed literally where we are now really um, it's so got that, that vibe yeah, yeah it was, it, I think we kind of still we paint, yeah, it's been painted blue but it's still <laughs> very gritty around here for the time being and Within no time at all, found out the car from the film had been written off about three days after they wrapped the film. So they, they didn't have any car for promo or anything. Yeah. And it, it got stolen along with all the Ali G, like, Renault 5s. <laughs> and Brilliant story. And they found them all, like, vandalised and rolled and whatever else. Yeah. So then I kind of, just by chance, some guy messaged my brother on Instagram and said, like, I've built this tribute car. Would, would you know anyone who'd want it? And we were out for dinner and it... I'd had a drink and was like, oh my God, yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> I messaged him and was like, where are you? I mean, he's in Yorkshire and I was in London. And I said, okay, fine, I'm coming tomorrow. And I think it was a bit, I don't think, I, I don't know whether he thought I was being serious or not. Yeah. And I, really, I got on the train to York first thing in the morning. <laughs> and on the way there, I was like, oh, I, yeah, I'm doing this, I suppose. It wasn't a lot of money. So I, I picked it up and put it back. And we've just, there was a few things on it that weren't true to the film car. So like the window frames hadn't been painted yellow. The paint job that it had had just been, yeah, it was a nice enough job, but it wasn't yeah. to our standard. So I've just taken it to our body shop and they've done a phenomenal job and I'm pissing money away on something <laughs> that's never been worth anything. And they've made it like really nice and we're just about to put like a restored cream five bar interior into oh, it. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I'm going to send it down to the trim shop and have like an Alcantara headlining put in it. I've really gone too far. I, <laughs> yeah, as sure. I'm talking, I'm Isn't like... Isn't there like a, a maximum value that car's ever going to be worth? I've exceeded that by, yeah. It's just, <laughs> there's no point even thinking about that at the moment. Um plan to keep it yeah i mean i louis Karsenberg sent me a link about four years ago to a dvla auction when the to a plate duk 3m so duke mm. m and i was like oh my god i have to have it because yeah duke the business and m my initial and i put that plate on the car and it's kind of like i could never put it on anything else now because it was the duke's range rover in the film yeah. so i think for that purpose alone i'm gonna have to keep it <laughs> have to keep it yeah it's quite cool yeah and it's at the moment runs fine yeah, good. But yeah tell you what it, touch with it's the third p38 i've had it's only completely died with no explanation once yeah so, which for P38 is phenomenal. I drove it back from York with no issues, and I've done about 
three thousand miles in it in two three months. Do they have funky suspension on those? Yes, or? they had self like an air suspension thing yeah. that's had coil or coil springs put on it okay, to so replace them, but it's that. still on the air shock, so the ride is solid. So the plan is to put new softer shocks on it yeah. and make it ride like a Range Rover. But when the interior gets swapped out, we're having all new sound deadening put in it, and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I've lost the mind of a sane person. And it's bright yellow. And it's bright yellow. But the thing that makes me laugh, my missus loves it, absolutely loves it, which I didn't expect. She's quite posh, and it's very, very jamming. <laughs> and uh, the attention I get, it, it, in your, your experience is when you're driving through London, certain cars appeal to certain people, yeah, certain sure. people let you out. I have never been let out by so many white vans in my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. And everyone's like, oh, it's the Lair Cake car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just something completely different. Isn't it? Pretty lost. Yeah. That was it. That's why I bought it because it was just different. And it, 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 okay. Yeah. We're talking about how much we spent on it, but it's, it's kind of irrelevant because it's still, yeah, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, not a lot of it's money. Not a expensive it gets, car. Yeah, it's not a good expensive car at all. I like, and it's, sort of, it's kind of like the bangonomics thing, but I've done it nicely. And I like I like driving it. Bangonomics. I've not come across this. You've not phrase, had this, so it's just. But like, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean. So you, you keeping stuff like that on the road over buying something or financing something or whatever. Yeah, totally. You could spend pretty much as an much as you want on that car versus phrase buying a new, <laughs> a new Range Rover. Oh god, yeah. yeah. And I've done that, and it's more expensive to keep one of those, and you lose way more money. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny one. Like everyone is pushed into. Like by society and the man and all yeah. stuff to buy new cars and totally everyone likes buying new cars, but we're definitely getting to the point, and, and you'll say we've been at this point for ages where you can have really nice cars that have got all the stuff, yeah, but not a lot of money. For not a lot of money, no. And I was looking at the other day, uh, um, the kind of last era CL63s, so like you know the S Class coupes, yeah. 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hundred and something new, hundred and twenty grand a car new, fifteen grand, and it's like what? Yeah. What? Like this is this is so much for so little. It's, so much yeah. for so little. Because um, I think when I last I last saw you, I can't remember what's happening. I was going to do with the M2, and that was the point where I was thinking about selling it, and I was looking at random stuff, and I was looking at S sixty three coupes. Yeah, from I think twenty fourteen, fifteen, great looking which is car. the new. It's, it's still the current yeah, car, yeah. basically. But the, the sort of pre-facelift, like yeah. 40 grand. Which, again, was 130, 140 yeah. grand car new. Bloody mental. I'd love one of those. And, and again, but the thing is, you buy that car and you know next year that's worth £5. <laughs> <laughs> and you've done 40 on servicing. But they're, they're actually, this is probably being harsh to them, they're, they're pretty reliable. We don't actually get many of the new AMG stuff in for kind of out-of-warranty maintenance yeah. work. The suspension was always a downfall on the earlier models. They seem to have sorted that out. Mechanically, I mean, the running gear is pretty bulletproof now. Yeah. I know, like, the early C63 suffered with head issues and things like that and gearboxes, but these are kind of nailed. Yeah, and, and they're still losing like, so like much money. A couple money. more years, when that car is... 20 grand, 25 20 grand. 20 grand. Yeah. You sort of go, I think, you go, okay... It, it may, lo- may lose a significant percentage of its value. But it's only three or four grand. But, yeah, yeah. But it's only going to be a couple of grand. And you're driving what was a 130 grand car, which still has Apple CarPlay and massage seats, massage seats yeah. and a fridge in the back. And Pillarless like, windows. And, this, yeah. A suspension that looks down the road and sees a bump coming and then adapts for it <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. That, this is just like, it's going to go down one of those wormholes. But do you remember that advert? There was the chicken. It, and it was it was Mercedes, and they had like half the advert was them holding 
this chicken. And they were moving the body of the chicken up and down. Oh, and the, the, and yeah, its yeah, head the, was staying perfectly yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they, the got, they were yeah. like, magic suspension. This is what we've got in the S-Class. You're like, yeah, that's, that's quite... <laughs> it, it works. Quite a jokes representative. But I think there's, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of bargains to be had in that kind of era of stuff, stuff from 2010 through to 2015, 16. The problem is manufacturers are facelifting or coming out with a new model every time you blink. Yeah. And you're like, hang on, hang on, we haven't got over how good that was. Ferrari, for instance, you look at like the 488, great car, okay, yeah, it's been around for years. They're like, right, not now, that long. No, precisely. It's like, right, everyone's got their pistol, yeah, everyone's got their pistol. Right, tributary. It's like, well, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What are you doing? <laughs> it's interesting how this is going. Because I, I was talking to someone yesterday about this with modern supercars. Like, the, the market, I don't think, no, I may be wrong, and I'm sure certain manufacturers are very different to others, but I don't think the run of the mill supercar whether it's a, an Aston Martin Vantage or if it's a 488, it's pretty rogue to call that like a run-of-the-mill car, but for that brand yeah. um, versus the special editions, I don't think they're selling that much. Hmm. Like people, because manufacturers are making so many special editions... Why would you buy the standard car? Why would you buy the standard car? And it's becoming easier to buy the special edition as well, which was always... the You know when the Speciale, the, the Aperta, yeah. for instance, came out, you could not get one. You had to be somebody and now we've got friends that have bought pistas that yeah for want of a better phrase aren't known to ferrari yeah um, pretty and much and yeah. i know a bunch of people that were offered them yeah precisely and haven't bought them which and is unheard of but two years ago and everyone would have snapped it up and flipped them and whatever and we get offered quite a lot of, we do quite a lot of our sales off market um it's you know it's it's a big part of our business that we don't publicize a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's massively because you know, there's a lot of private things yeah. that happen. But the amount of stuff that we've seen, you know, the special editions, even the uh, the new 991 Speedsters and... Yeah, was, I'm, inter- I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that car. Yeah, because they, 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 everything wants a premium. I kind of get that. But the kind of premiums that cars are trying to command now just won't, w- yeah. won't work. The, the, you know, like the GT2 RS. How long have Porsche West London have that car sat in the window? Yeah. We drive past it all the time. It, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. And I think most of the people that wanted a 2 RS... Got one? That actually wanted yeah. a 2 RS. Not like wanted some sort of car that they could flip. flip yeah did actually get one or yeah. got close and there still is a strong uh, resale market for it and i think again it, it, it's you can kind of translate this in even into the stock that we have in here everything now has a price you cannot just make stuff up no. you, you don't not that everyone was doing that before but you see stuff uh, we, we've seen cars like these special editions end up in dealers 350 list 500 the next yeah. day it's, like, it's not gonna happen it's just not happening it's not <laughs> selling People are like, um, okay, like, let's say, I don't know, if you, if, I reckon if you had a Senna for sale right now, 
It's probably on the list. Yeah. Yes, that's without question. Right, actually, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know how far on the list. No, that's that's that's, and this is where it becomes the market becomes almost. Uh, it's like a ghost town because no one's willing to kind of come forward and go. Right, I'm asking eight hundred grand for this yeah, car. Yeah, like and then, POA. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and you wait for like a, an RM result, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Now that one's gone for that, but even then, you don't know. You don't know. You're there might sure. be a story. There might be. Yeah, it's difficult. And with those cars, like I said, Senna, loads of people bought them and bought them pretty much to sell, like 100%, and they spec'd it like black with not much special stuff, black, 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 of which there are, at one point, I think there was five black, 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 centers for sale. And you're like, well, that's... I mean, I don't know who's... I don't know why you would buy a center in the first place, but that's, that's <laughs> an entirely <laughs> different question. But it's interesting. I, I was at the... Peter Auto. Do you know, have you come across the Peter Auto yeah. events? So like Amazing. Classic racing car type stuff, like Le Mans Classic and stuff like that. And at Paul Ricard uh, about a week ago. And you're seeing all these cool, old, sick race cars banging around. And I think it's one of those things where road cars are becoming slightly less appealing to me now. Other than the, just it's a nice, cool car to drive around in, whatever. Because we've got a whole bunch going on in the, we in the have shop. The dogs barking. And, yeah. um, if it's a cool, a cool sports car, it's got to be fun to drive on the road, or it's got to be good at something. Whether yeah, it's like you're on track, whether it's your Ben Taker, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he's smoking around yeah. in. Um, whereas, not many people drive their supercars on track. No. It's far too expensive to go in a gravel pit. <laughs> like that. Yeah. You've got and, to have a lot of money. To as soon as you've done that, you, you, you buy yourself a nice new GT3 RS with the white sack back and you've done it yeah. all. And then there's a photo of your car on piston heads and suddenly everyone's like, oh, yeah, that was that car that was... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it went out on track like it was intended to. It doesn't make it worth it. Did, it, did anyone die? Like, yeah, come exactly. on. They're made for that. Yeah. Um, and I now definitely have, I'm sure you're similar, I would rather buy a car that's being driven. Yeah. Not necessarily... Driven their life out driven of, but absolutely every single I don't day want to buy a car whatever. that's got 1,500 miles on that's five years old. Yeah. What's, what's going on there? Yeah, like, it's obviously rubbish. Yeah, or invariably, those cars seem to... Because there's, you know, there's, you know, the cars that people have bought as investment, they've yeah. got five owners, and you're like, well, as much as it doesn't really matter, it's kind of like, guys, just drive the fucking thing. Yeah. Right? Like, and what happened to history, but, like, for a road car, history is a bit of an, an interesting one, ignoring just, like, shunts and whatever. I like the idea that cars had a bit of a story. Yeah. And, and race cars have stories in the sense that they've won races, they've been to races and stuff like that. But road cars, if you... Let's look at someone like Tim now, for example. His Ford GT, he's, he's, he's been to the Nürburgring. It's got to be the highest mileage car been, bar a Ford, Ford-owned car. It's been... It's done these amazing yeah. journeys across the States. I'm sure he's going to do tons and tons more with it. And if you're buying a Ford GT, does that adds value I think at the moment it doesn't add any value whatsoever it's possibly negative but at what age does a car become yeah. interesting like with my old 911 since I've had it I've been to Sweden I've done been to northern Scotland yeah, and you've got there, all these there, photos line stuff. where it's like at what age does a car in what era and what definition of a car does that become a charm like you say something like your Porsche is a great example it's proper hot rod it's yeah. it's custom built so because it's not original 
It doesn't matter. It almost doesn't matter. And if anything, it proves that you've gone through it and you snagged it and there's nothing actually wrong with it. That's it. Every time something's wrong. Um, At the moment, uh, what's the company called? There's a company that makes legit aircon systems for old 911s. And I've, I've, the system, I'm just waiting to have it fitted at the moment. But it's one of those things where, like, people who have, they drive a, some sports car and then they moan. It's normally pissing heads. They're like, oh, why'd you upgrade the stereo? Why'd you even bother listening to the stereo? Uh, like well, how often? Yeah, about six. I'm, I'm six, six hours on a motorway. Yeah. It's pretty boring, mate. Yeah. But no, I, I think. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a Carrera GT that's just come out for sale with sixty-five thousand miles on it. Is it black? No, it's a silver car. There can't be many with that. No, I, think it's, uh, I don't know if it was Octane Collection or someone like that's got it up for sale, and they're asking. I think it was like three hundred grand, or which great. Like, Someone was talking to me about this car recently and they, and they were saying, yeah, like, should I buy it? Yeah. Like, well, it's an interesting question because yeah, if you want a Carrera GT... And you, you want to spend as little as possible and get a car that is proven and there's no way you can say there's any issue with that car because if it's done 65,000 miles, it's done 65,000 yeah, miles. Yeah, it's probably going to do another 40. Yeah. As long as, you know, there'll be work that needs to do yeah, on the way. Four if, clutches on the way, yeah. But if it's... If the car's 300 grand versus one matter. that's 700, yeah. it just doesn't matter. And like, if you... People that go, okay... Like, my F40, it's not the lowest mileage car, no. but it's nowhere near the highest mileage car. It's like 15,000 miles at the moment. But when I was looking, and I've, I've looked at Carrera GTs at various points in time and stuff, and these cars come up that are, you know, they've had 1,000 miles. And you're like, well... You're going to pay a premium for that car, and then and you're you going to be the one... It. Yeah, precisely, because otherwise you're going to lose all the money you've spent having that low mileage car. Yeah. It's such a double-edged sword. And, it, and this is why, the, like I say, these cars that have 1,500 miles on have got five owners... Because no one wants to drive it. Yeah, and they go on a trailer. Yeah, everywhere. one owner from new and ten years old. And yeah, there's, there's a, I can see the huge charm. So if you know, if a two thousand kilometre F forty came up for sale with one owner from new, it's going to be a big price. Of course, and I, I, I can get behind that. Yeah, it's it, maybe it's been in a, a collection or a museum. There's a night. There's bound to be a story there. But when you've got a car that's past hands. No one wants to drive it. No one's yeah, everyone's scared to drive it. It's like at what point is someone just going to bite the bullet and go oh, for fuck's sake? Yeah, and just get in it and oh drive. Oh my god! Yeah. I met this owner the other day of a. He has a bunch of cars, but he has a two eight eight GTO. That there was some weird story. I think he owned it ten years ago or something, and he saw it in a dealership and was like, "Oh my god, that's my car!" And it hadn't been. It had like six thousand miles on it or something. And he went into the dealership and said, oh, I think he was just dressed kind of normally. Oh, cool. To a GTO. Uh, I think I used to own that. I'd like to buy it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He's like, here's my card. Can you just call me? I'm I'm busy. Can you just call me? We'll sort it out. Done. They didn't call him. He started to get a bit annoyed by this, as you would. Yeah. Walking to the dealership, I want to buy that car. And then no one seems to give a shit when it's a, whatever. I don't know what a 288 GTO is now. Two million? Yeah. Maybe more. Uh eventually got another dealer friend who he's friends with to go and get this car and he bought it so I think he bought it it was probably 8,000 miles on it and was daily driving it took it to the Nürburgring took it to Spa did track days took it to Silverstone you're hero like, you are absolute yeah. legend <laughs> and I think I'd, I'd like to when it comes to either buying stock or for me to buy a car if I meet someone who's like that and is like yeah I've done this and I've been hearing it and here's a story and that adds literal value to the car yeah. to me. It's not all about money. I mean, these, these, it's a, such a, it's it, it's a nice asset class, the whole automotive yeah, but, totally. uh, world. But 
we all deep down the sort of true enthusiasts like these things because they have they represent so much more than just a lump of money sitting yeah. there. And the, the 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 classic stuff for me is always held a, a, a bigger place in my heart because there, there is without a doubt a story with all these cars that are 30, 40 years old. They've all had lives. And finding that out and exploring that and getting to meet owners like that yeah. when you come to buy a car so is the cool. best part of it. And like, like with my old 911, when people look at it and go, okay, well, why has it got, and why has it got these spotlights on it? Like, oh, you just did that for the look. Um, um, or the, the bonnet latches on the front. Yeah. The, the bonnet latches on the front and the headlights were when I went to Sweden. Yeah. Because I didn't, the bonnet was like, it's, it shuts, but it wasn't necessarily shut all the time. And if there was, I thought, well, if there's snow and things like that, it's not necessarily going to shut properly. So if you can, latch it down that's job done i'm not gonna have the bonnet come up yeah and then the spotlights because you need to see it's dark <laughs> <laughs> and that's just so much more so much more interesting i've got a another friend who has a very cool collection of cars and but he has always bought the ones that have been driven so he's, let's say an f50 i think at the time it was like the i don't know how much it cost but cheapest best one he could find so it'd been driven but it was like, in good nick, blah, 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 blah. Not, didn't go for an expensive one, didn't go for the 1,000 miles. And now, because of that, he can drive it whenever the hell he wants, get so much pleasure out of it. Mm. Because the whole those cars are st they're still going up in value. You're still If the top cars have gone up, let's say, 50%, your car might have gone up 35%. Yeah. But you've still got 35%. And then you've got the lifetime hours mm. of enjoyment out of a car you get to look at it you get to drive it you get to yeah. and if you just want to make money fine but i feel like there's probably the, the window better ways of doing yeah, it, 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 it for now there is yeah is the age-old argument that they're never going to make any more of these things and of course they're not but i think the kind of uh the big scale investment stuff the, the window's gone the, the people have milked it dry i think i think there's always going to be certain cars 100%. Whether it's uh, like the Ferrari, the big halo Ferraris, for yeah, example. Yeah. So they're untouchable to a point. They're always going to go up. Whether your 250 GTO is, that could go from 30 to 60 to 80, quite easily back down to 60 to 30. Yeah, but it's still 30 million pounds for a fucking car. Yeah. It's, we have to be realistic here. Yeah, it's not. Um, we have seen so much change. I mean, even during your ownership of that 40. Yeah, the prices have gone it's gone up everywhere, down a little bit, and up and down a bit. Yeah, more. and they're now stabilised, and I think that's good. There's there's, there's a bit more. You know, it, it, fine, it's not good for people who did just want to make a quick buck on it, but that's not what it's about for us. Yeah, if I think if you're a real car guy, yes, it's nice. I, everyone likes making money. If you've yeah, yeah. bought any car and it's gone up, that's better than not. <laughs> yeah, but if you're a real car guy, you probably buy cars because you like cars and you like. The experience, and like we were saying, you know, doing the road trip, doing the mem having the memories of whether you're like, oh, I want this Cosworth 190E because I've seen Senna doing a sick lap in it. Yeah, and, precisely. And you've actually driven that car on track in the wet. That's tick, <laughs> tick. <laughs> yeah. Like all of that stuff is just so much more important. It means so much more. And I know cars mean different things to different people. But if I meet a car, someone, and they, you can tell straight away whether they're what people get out of cars. Some people, they it's a, a status thing or it's they've 
you know, they've sold their business and they're like, this is what I want to show for this, I can afford this or whatever. But when you meet the people that I think really love driving and really like cars, you can, they have an appreciation for all of these things. Like you can come somewhere like Duke of London and you can walk around with someone who might have, I don't know, a Koenigsegg. But if they're a car person, they'll be, I've got friends who've got all sorts of cars but they'll get just as excited about a classic Mini or mm. whatever, and a crazy little funky American car as a yeah, yeah. £20 million pound Ferrari or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, That's each it. thing has their place. We, we want this place to be just that. We want people to turn up in, we don't go, again, we don't care what you turn up in, we want people to turn up in anything and everything from that stuff through down to you know, the early Minis and everything in between. Because we see those reactions on people's faces and we're like, okay, this is, there are other people out there that are as mentally, yeah, uh, into this Warped. stuff, yeah, into this stuff as I am. And it was that building; it was just totally a, an extension of my mind. We wanted just to have somewhere that I wanted to go to, and hope that other people would en- appreciate it and enjoy it as well. Um, so, yeah, to see when we have like our classics and cake charity coffee morning cars and coffee thing, seeing the sort of eclectic mix of people turning up time and time and time again it's it's so nice for me to be like fuck this is really yeah you're building this sort of yeah. like almost like family of car that's people that's it we, we, and it, with that in mind we, we're, we're launching a membership in the new year as well which is just going to be we're having a, a members lounge put upstairs for people to just come and you know, host meetings there or you know um, escape from yeah. partners bring partners whatever um, and we'll be doing a lot of members only events drives rallies things like that but we want just it's not going to be a lot of money to be a member here but we're going to be really selective with who we want here and i think we just want ultimately to build a further expand the community that we've already right, built over the last yeah and that people can come here and admire each other's cars and yeah it's it's somewhere that we want people to wake up on a sunday morning and just venture out to whether we come and look at cars grab a pizza grab a, a bacon sandwich whatever we don't care but just somewhere to do it that's it it's there's someone who lives in london i don't know how long i'm gonna live in london for but it's you've got a bunch of mates everyone's someone's changed something in their car or whatever and you're like okay let's go for a little drive on a sunday we don't have tons of time we, don't, we can't drive for two hours out to the countryside yeah have lunch and then like spend your entire day doing it but it's nice having somewhere like now that you can drive to you can have a little look around, talk about some of the cars there, have a chat, have a coffee, have some lunch nearby or whatever, and then just go home. And it's, it's it hasn't taken a ton amount of time, and it's a cool meeting place for just hanging out. And we, we, we this is news. You're actually the first person that I've been able to speak breaking publicly. News. Breaking news. Uh, this just in. I've just taken our, our buildings are formed in a kind of horseshoe shape, and we've got a big blue yard where. We get the wonderful aforementioned Tim Scott in to do our photos. We have, in the middle of this yard, had this pub that's been sat there for as long as the buildings have been around, but it's been empty since we actually opened. Mm. So the the, the previous landlord moved on about the same time we opened up the factory. And so it's been sat there. As of yesterday, I couldn't bear to see it anymore. So with the kind of space here in mind we also wanted somewhere where people can just come for a pint as well yeah. whilst we're licensed in the factory we also wanted it a bit more dedicated so somehow i've ended up as a pub landlord <laughs> so i signed a lease on it yesterday and we uh, will be opening for that for christmas as well oh, so jokes. whilst the factory will obviously be kind of open during business hours slightly later for our members next year 
the pub will then also be further base. There'll be lots of oh, live nice. music and sort of car events and stuff going on from there. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's cool. Don't know what's going on, but it's all happening very quickly. Is it? <laughs> how, how ready is it? Um, so the place hasn't... Because it's in the middle of this kind of uncertainty with the redevelopment, it's still yeah. owned by Fuller's and they have kept it going for the is last 10 years. potentially going to get flattened? Potentially. Yeah. It's still, that's, I mean, the likelihood is someone will strike a deal at some point yeah. I'm sure um, and that's not really of our concern but for the time being I couldn't bear to sit empty it, it's it's such a beautiful building as well um, but it's just slightly underloved inside yeah. so we're going to give it some love nice and uh, yeah just keep it within the realm of what we're doing behind our workshops in the building opposite uh, the other blue building where uh, my dad and my brother are based We've got Dad's Venetian garden that he's oh. spent months curating. Yeah, I'll show you after. So he's he's put like a, a, a kind of an Italian ornate fountain water feature in the middle of it, oh, nice. olive trees. And <laughs> it's right on the water. So we are quite literally on the on the on the River Brent here. So behind the building, we we look out over the water, and one of the things that's always appealed to me for Brentford is it's this long-standing corner of commerce because you've got the River Brent, the Grand Union Canal, Grand Union Canal, and the Thames all come to a head here. So historically, there's been all these huge waterside wharf buildings where stuff coming in from the Midlands and further afield would come in, and this was like their gateway to London. Mm. So yeah, Dad's little garden will become our new beer garden for the pub, so you'll be able to see him hammering away while you're sitting there enjoying a pint of pride. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. It's going to be good fun. It is, it is a really cool spot, this. Thank I really like much. it, and I think you've done you've done well. It's good. Thank you. Yeah, it was... It was. I don't know how... I think you saw it pretty early doors. Yeah. So, historically, it's been empty for 20 years. We'd had, not obviously not under our care, but it had people in that had stripped out all of the copper, so there was no plumbing, mm. there was no wiring. They'd had all the lead off the roof, so there was no... It, it was kind of like... Um, yeah, it, we had brambles growing on the first floor, mm. which I hadn't, I'd never seen that before. So yeah, it was a bit of an eyesore. So we, we've painted it pink, and we've. <laughs> but I didn't want to go too far with it. I, I haven't done the floors. We just gave the floors a really deep clean and seal. So it's got the from where this was uh, in more recent years, a car parts factory back in the eighties. It's got a red painted concrete floor that's yeah. all distressed. But I, I love it, and so we've we've kept that. And we again, we didn't want to go too far with it. Whilst we spent a small fortune on it. We were not here forever, so I've had to be really strict with myself yeah. as to how far we go. Not do the full Range Rover. Yeah, not do the full <laughs> Range Rover. I like that. But it is, it is cool. It's cool. Right, I think that's quite a good place to vaguely start wrapping this up. So normally I finish with five questions for my guests. So let me just scroll down my iPad. Do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey? Without question, yeah. So... About three years ago, I, uh, alongside Dad, sold a 300SL Roadster, it's an American car, to a client of ours who we painted it for. It was a white car when we sold it to him. We painted it in a beautiful anthracite Mercedes metallic, nice. like gunmetal grey. And he had it shipped down to his place on the Riviera in France. And one day he phoned me up and said, look, I kind of had my time with it. He does done a lovely job with it, but I think it's now time to move it on. No, no, no worries. Could you sell it for me? No problem. That's absolutely fine. We were try- struggling to get anyone to pick it up from mm. Provence. <laughs> you can see where this is going. Here we go. <laughs> and, uh, Sounds like a good trip. He was quite, he'd bought St. Cows and needed to kind of speed things up a bit. So we, um, we decided the best route was for me to fly down there and drive it back. And whilst I've done this a lot with other cars mm. and, for anyone who's driven a 300 SL, they'll know it's a great car, but 
not necessarily the car you want to do a thousand miles in. Right. Okay. Why? Why specifically not? They're so hot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's a reason they chopped the roof off. Yeah. And made the roadster. So the, the gold wing was the kind of racier, whatever. Yeah. But they are unbearably hot. Oh, okay. e- even the roadster. This was in kind of August, middle of summer, and I, I flew down there on my own, and I jumped in it and drove back, and I took the sort of the the D roads home, and mm. it just stuck with me. No radio, so. I, for that journey, I managed to survive the, you know, the yeah. 24 hours of driving without anything. And it was just the most zen experience I've ever had in my life, regardless so of cool. cars. Yeah, it was amazing. That, that for me, I, I've never felt cooler. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're balling. I was like 19 or 20 driving this thing back. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is really, really cool. As soon as I got back to London, we drove it straight into town for a photo shoot. And we pulled up outside, we were on Dover Street and we were doing something with Dover Street Market. It was a men's file magazine, we were having a launch party. So we went from the photo shoot straight to this uh, launch party, pulled up outside again, felt like, yeah, the dawn. Yeah. And we, we said to the owner, we're going to get some, some pictures in town. I hope that's all right. Said, yeah, yeah, great. It'd be great for marketing it. So come back out, Victoria Beckham's opening her new shop outside this paparazzi everywhere yeah. we've walked out, like a you know, young kid getting in this like million pound car, like, what the hell's going on? fucking thing wouldn't start <laughs> so Alex Penfold got a video of us being bump started oh nice <laughs> down Dover Street yeah I, I'm sure he does and that was uh, again yeah great fun I think we'd left the lights on or whatever it was yeah. but yeah that was a, a very <laughs> memorable time with that car sick right next question five car garage unlimited value only caveat it's got to fit into your life so I've just about I'm just totally mugging you off here but i've just about nailed a 10 car garage i don't know if i can skim it well you've got to skim it down to five mate because that's the question yeah fair enough daily driver it's a good starting point so daily driver you quite like to drive lots of different cars yeah i'm i think that's the the, the biggest thing that still gets me going because you'll you'll know being around cars having done the gumball and all Mm. this sort of stuff you become kind of become pacified yep, totally. to everything like and whatever. It, you know, whatever tickles everyone else the 99% of people you're like eh, okay whatever yeah. the thing that still gets me going is the fact that daily I'm driving 5 to 15 different cars every day of yeah. all sorts and it, I love it I absolutely love it so yeah it's um, it's a tough one daily driver I'm going to and this isn't necessarily a fight I'm going to again completely go off piece here but it's not necessarily something that I would want to own forever but right now it's right now yeah right now I know I said Bentayga earlier, but right now I think the thing that I would like a lot as a daily driver would be a Lusso. Mm. Yeah. Good. Yeah, or an FF. I quite, from a value point of view, it's half the price and kind of yeah. not far off. The, right? I, I drove a Lusso recently. I did a back-to-back with an F12 and a Lusso. Yeah. And it's... Because the F12, you've got the, sort of the, the older yeah. kind of FF-style interior and the yeah, entertainment and, and stuff. But also, same with the FF... You you get a lot more of the the car noise. Yeah, which the makes you have they've it's 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 a bit like right. You've got an RS six, but it's got the V twelve in it. That's the sort of feeling. Yeah, that driving a Lusso is like. Which, to be honest, most people would go, "Well, that sounds unreal," and and that is but pretty unreal. Mean, it's a bit more clinical. But you don't quite have. It's just really good at all the stuff, and you don't quite get that like. Fizz factor. It's the, it's the Speciale versus Pista thing again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, all right, fine. I see. Well, you, you, you've made it? my mind up for me. <laughs> easily led. So but, there we go. Uh, FF. Right now, and again, because it's quite literally half the price, you can get a decent spec FF now for under 100 grand, which is. Can you? Yeah. 
Nice. Seriously. Actually, to be fair, that's got to be true because someone offered me an F12 for like 150 something, and I was like, nah, mate. Yeah. In, you, a, in six months, it's going to be 120. 110. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like, yeah, fine, fine. Yeah. Um, no, it, something you can get sort of 2013, 2014, mid, uh, 15, 20,000 miles on it. Yeah. 99, 950. So it's, and I don't think. I mean, you look at what's a 612 now, a car that no one still ever lusted after. Yeah. And they're still, what, 60, 70 grand? Yeah. So I don't think that's a safe bet. Um, all right, we'll go Daily Driver, number one. This is going to take forever. Um, FF, you thought this would be simple. <laughs> some people are rapid, some people are not rapid. Um, next one. Next one, go on. What, what's my criteria? So the vague categories that people sometimes have are, and you're probably shifted a little bit, is they might like a classic car. They might want a race car. They might want a track car. Yeah. They might want a comfy car that they can put all this stuff in. You've got that with the FF. Uh, they might want a modern supercar, a crazy, just like bloody mental hypercar type thing. So there's one car that is going to be. What's your Halo car? All time favorite. <sighs> Normally, what are you doing to me? Yeah. Okay. So there's there's the thing that was always stuck out for me purely on an, like a, just a grandeur aesthetical point of view is the Delahaye 135M by Fagoni and Falashi. So this is like mental art deco. Yeah, you're going to Google this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to um, get my phone and Google this. So there's, there's one particular car. It's a two-tone blue. So it's like a turquoisey blue and a darker blue. And it's this like teardrop roadster art deco piece of art on wheels. And I think that would be... So Delahaye 135M. 135M. And then figure just put figure oh, yeah, 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 yeah. F-I-G. So it's the blue oh. car. Oh, wow, this is quite cool. This is sort of... It's got that old-school kind of American swooping Bugatti yeah, type. precisely. So this was, for, for me, I mean, the Bugatti is obviously like the Atlantics and stuff like that. They're a great, 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 phenomenal car. But this is just a bit of a wild car for me. It's, it's the... Uh, it's different. This is... I could see you driving right now. <laughs> Thank you. You wouldn't be able to park it in the blue outside because it's blue. You did be camouflaged, yeah, but it's, um, that yeah, for me cool. is, yeah, that, that is without, if you're going to make me do seven. this top five, this is, this is in okay, there. So you, okay, so you've got your FF, you've got your Delahaye. Yeah, I've got my Delahaye, and then um, as much as I was slagging them off being hot, without question, a 300 SL, but it would have to be a Roadster. Right, yeah. I don't actually like the gold wings. I'm going out on a real limb here. Oof. I know. It's, it, it's, it, if I was buying an SLS, I'm going to buy the Goldwing. But for that, I just think it's ten times prettier without the roof on it. I I, I think they look bloody good without the roof. Yeah, don't go wrong. And I, you I, get the top-down experience. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to eat my words here. I don't dislike the Goldwings, but I just think f- I know I would use and love the, the, the roaster, roaster. But it would have to be in the Mercedes pink. Mercedes pink. So it's, I think they call it raspberry. Um, okay. R- sure R- it like, is it like a dark no I mean it's it's Bright, hot fucking pink, pink. <laughs> <laughs> um, RM sold one a couple of years ago with a tan yeah. a tan interior and I think we're starting to see for the audience that has never met Merlin a bit of Merlin's mind right yeah. now yeah um, there you go. There's, I found yeah, it's a raspberry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen something like that. So I've like changed the color of the wheels. This one's got pink and pink so wheels. Yeah, they've got pink rudge wheels on this. That's pretty um, long. Yeah, that's that's a bit of me. So it's like almost like something that should be in the Thunderbirds. Yeah. <laughs> Lady, <laughs> Lady Penelope. Penelope yeah. yeah. Thanks, I'll take that. Okay, so you've got you've got three cars now. You've got two more. Two Do you more. have anything modern? Um I mean the FF is probably That's about modern. Yeah, probably about as far as I'd want to go. I the next one and the one actually went or didn't seemingly at the RM sale last week, which was the um R one two nine SL 
Uh, it's a 90s Mercedes SL, the boxy mm. one, but the SL73. Okay. So it's got oh, the, the yeah, it's got the M120 Mercedes V12, a la the 600 SL, but mm. taken to 7.2, and it is the exact spec of the Zonda. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's... Mega. I mean, you've still got a Mercedes automatic gearbox mated to it, so you're never going to get these have parents. you seen... So you must have seen Gordon's yes. videos. Yes, of, his. of course. Oh, um, just but that, for me, as a factory-built pre-merger car, that yeah. is just as good as it gets. And this car was just everything I wanted, but I think the s was like 250 yeah. for like a 90s Mercedes. <laughs> I mean, <I'm>, <laughs> considering you can go out and buy an S- like a 600 SL and make yeah. it sound like... Yeah, for like a couple of grand or whatever. Yeah, for like, you're going to get a really nice one for 20 grand to spend 250 on that. And I actually found a guy in Germany, me and a friend of mine, Henry, were laughing about this. There's a guy in Germany who will convert your standard 600 SL to an SL73 mechanically for a mere 80,000 euros plus that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's ways around it. But yeah, an original SL73 would definitely be in there. All right, you've got one more slot. One more. This is interesting. So I'm going to go with... You don't have a particularly reliable car in there. Now, okay, I think... <laughs> it's not going to happen. You're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're giving me five slots, I had ten, but if you have five... Yeah. Okay, fine. But you've got one more. One more. Um, I am going to attract toy or anything. Yeah, I think... Modern hypercar. No, it just doesn't... It doesn't... Iconic do hypercar. I'd say one thing... And this, one, this isn't going to be in my top five, but one thing that... Again, another thing that I would happily go for in a year or so and I get mixed mixed feedback when I say this to people but I quite like the idea and I'd use I'd stress the word idea quite prominently of a 600 LT mm. I just I think yeah. they're, they're a bit interesting I and haven't driven one and I really want to drive one I really want to drive one and I'd, I'd probably get a, a spider cause, because why not chav and they're the same as well yeah, yeah literally but yeah I think when they fall to like 100 grand which sorry it's going to happen like within you can get a 720s for 150 which is ludicrous and that's that's a year old yeah I want to own one of those I think the the 600 is a bit more interesting for me it seems more interesting to me I haven't driven either car though I need to drive yeah I want want to get out in a a 600 anyway so yeah last car I'm going to go with so I think it would be unfair of me because I, I keep banging on about this car I fell in love with I'd have back my first Aston Oh, right, yeah. So it was the 1979 V8 Volante, originally an American car. It had been bought back into the UK. It was a, Basically, it was a box of bits. Yeah. Um, so it had been converted to right-hand drive, converted from automatic to manual. Uh, so it had the dog leg, like Aston uh, box in it. It had the engine been taken out to so X-Pac spec, so it just meant you know, different yeah. carbs, cams and everything else. Stupid straight-through exhaust on it. It was Rolls-Royce Midnight Blue, Magnolia leather, nice. blue soft top. And I sold it to George who now works for me, his father. Uh, that's how I met him. I sold, I sold his dad the car. And about March time, it was about my birthday, is in March, for my birthday this year, George and my other half contacted George's dad, Charles, behind my back. Mm. Um, apparently phoned up this other, sort of he managed to, via Google, find a, a business that they were associated yeah. with and phoned up the number and said, hi, I'm, I'm, <laughs> hello, I'm, I'm, I want to speak to, to Charles. 
and his wife picked up and was like, who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, 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 no threat. I just would like to speak to him about the Aston. And she very kindly arranged with him and it was just an amazing gesture from him for us to use the car for the weekend. Uh, I think I saw the pictures. Yeah, so we had, a, at the time we had an R8 V10 Plus, so we drove down to Devon where they live in this R8 and we said, look, let's swap keys. Yeah. Um, so we've been having some fun in this 2017 R8 and he'd never driven one. Mm. He's, he's got some modern stuff as well, but he was like, they were made up. Him and yeah, George yeah. went out and they actually passed, we, went, we ended up at a, of all things, a miniature pony farm, which I was so <laughs> excited about. And they came tearing past us and I was like, okay, I'm glad that they're enjoying it. And we, we took the, uh, the Aston back out, out into Dartmoor and it was like catching up with an old friend. And that sounds so romantic and yeah. wishy-washy, but honestly, it was like, exactly as I remembered it. It wasn't as fast as I remembered. That's my only comment, but yeah, it never is. Never is. I had that car when I was 19 and it was... <laughs> a beast back then. Yeah, completely. And we we had some serious fun in it. Uh, again, we live to tell the tale, but uh, yeah, now we've grown up a little yeah. bit. I probably wouldn't ever drive it like that again. And yeah, that, that I think it'd be doing that car an injustice to say that I wouldn't have it back as part of my yeah. five-car garage. Cool. And a huge thank you to uh, Charles and his wife, Alison, for letting us have some fun in it earlier this year. Because that, awesome. that was just the best birthday present ever. Yeah, uh, that looked like a really cool thing. Yeah, so nice of them. I think this is probably my biggest problem. How we've talked about, you know, in memories in cars, is my problem with potentially selling cars. Yeah. Is you've just had so many great memories, and you go, okay, but if I had this in fifty years, I'm going to have all of these memories. And I think at some point you have to go, yeah, but you have you could have, you could have memories in other cars. Yeah, different memories. Right. Next question. If you could drive, only drive one car for the rest of your life and you're allowed like a 500 pound banger to put, I don't know, kids in, you know, yeah. kids, but you know, whatever, not that I know of. I think for me, and this is going back to an experience and a, a car that I've had, and it's not one of the ones that's on my shortlist because I think all of those ones on my shortlist, they would kind of be, there's nothing on there bar the FF that I would drive yeah, every it's day. Slightly diff- slightly yeah, slightly different question. Um, and it's not a conventional one, naturally. Yeah. Um, I promise you I'm not trying to be different. Um, <laughs> You just saw it. <laughs> Series 1 E-Type with a five-speed box in it. Wow. Yeah. It'd have to have... A, the MOS box is fine. You can get used to it. But if it had a, a decent five-speed manual yeah. box in it, that, for me, they're so easy to drive. They're so nice to drive. And they're just great cars to be in. And every time I've had one, I've loathed to get rid of it. Yeah. I haven't had one since the beginning of this year. But even then, that was just a standard 3.8 with a MOS box. Mm. They're just so good. And they're just undeniably the most beautiful car. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that because that, that is also in my 10-car garage. Mm. So I suppose I'm kind of skimming out of that, but that would be the car that I would genuinely cruise all the time. drive. I've done Europe in two or three of them. The two, two of those, and it was two, uh, and one a Series 2. But, yeah, the, the, the Series 1 with the enclosed headlights, it's just such a good car. I'd love an XK120, and I think that's something that I would like to work towards over the next mm. couple of years. But it'd have to be the Roadster, which means no real roof yeah. and things. So it's slightly impractical. But yeah, the, the roof line of a fixed head Series 1 E-Type is to die for. But there's an argument you just have to have both. You'd have to have the soft top and the hard top because they're just there's so many benefits of both. Yeah. So yeah, that would be my uh, forever car. And forever car. I'd keep the yellow Range Rover as the banger. I hope I'm allowed to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll look depreciated enough. But. Yeah. What's the best value car for under 50k, or best value car that you can think of at the moment? Without question, Citroen SM. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got a Maserati engine, the V6, in that that's worth 
pretty much the value of the car. Yeah. And How much is an SM nowadays? So, I mean, I've got the American spec, where well, it's a Canadian spec that's been converted to look like a European spec car out there, and that's 27 grand. Mm. It's not perfect. A perfect one is over 50 grand now, yeah. but for 50 grand, you'd get a bloody good car. For me, it's my to drive is the nicest driving experience of any classic car um, for me. It's, you've got the, um, the Citroen suspension, which was then licensed by Rolls-Royce, and most Rolls-Royces up until the sort of BMW era had yeah. this suspension wow. fitted, so it's, it's like driving a cloud. They're not fast, but they are quick. Yeah. Dad has bought back the Elscott motor car, no, Elscott motor show car, otherwise I wouldn't sell that white one. Hmm. So we've got that one being painted at the moment, so we'll have one in the family, but just they are destined to go up they can't and they are iconic like everybody yeah. knows what that car is you, it's a spaceship like you stop anywhere and everyone wants to talk to you about it and on paper i would never have said one in white yeah but it does it's just it, it works right. the one dad's doing he's doing in a um in like a, a metallic bronze hmm. uh it's like a bronzy brownie gold which yeah. is really cool that sounds like um, something that they should be in yeah precisely but they, they the the, the saying is that they were designed by philosophers not car designers <laughs> and that comes across whether you look at it or you're driving one and they're just such a nice place to be and i think over the next couple of years they can't yeah do anything but appreciate fair enough right final final question what's the most interesting car to you at the moment what do you find yourself googling or looking at and going like oh that's interesting most interesting car or like searching on pissing the heads or yeah i think it's a tough one because I, I mean i don't want to say the sm again because that's another one that's appeals to me myself but i think i'm getting quite curious uh, about the electric stuff mm. like something so, so, again fine I, I can answer it the uh the, the porsche yeah it's taken yeah that that for me is a real i'm kind of weirdly proud of it do you know what <laughs> I mean? like I, I look at it and i think yeah that's that's really cool i can't wait to drive one driven teslas yeah great but you're never going to get over the sort of feel of them the build yeah. quality and things they, they serve a purpose and i think they've done a fucking phenomenal job they have yeah but to be to, to know what it's like to be in like a new panamera and think that that is going to be better yeah. and fully electric and even faster some i mean i don't know if you've been in one of these turbo s hybrid but oh my god um <laughs> i can't wait for the rs6 to now share yeah. that that's going to be mental they're going to sell that hotcakes but oh sorry i've been in the porsche turbo yeah, 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 yeah. hybrid so yeah, yeah the, the, you know how fast they're, they're yeah. just unreal but the idea that something with no engine is going to be quicker than that. quicker than that and better internally and, then, and styling and and then the random stuff like no servicing costs yeah, yeah. Uh, they, no i think they've, they've really nailed it and that's in the last year that's the one car that i've gone holy shit yeah fair enough it's not anything yeah it's more it's what it stands for no no but it's, it's it's more you know they've let someone else kind of develop it and then come okay cool we there's a market okay we can do it better yeah that's um, the thing I, I'd, I would love to drive a model s back to back with a with a Taycan just to get an idea because I, I think most people will look at those cars and go well the model s is is the same speed and it's not like half price or whatever for, yeah. for me it'll be but how does it make you feel getting in that car and the engineering that i'm pretty sure porsche would have done and it's something they've talked about probably is a little bit of a defense of why it's not faster yeah is they've done so much engineering to make it reliable long term and you not fry like it's it's got a completely different voltage architecture yep. doesn't it 800 volts i think or is that what it's is that the terminology anyway whatever but things like making sure the battery you're not going to they don't let you use all of the 
part of the battery because you, you, you take it for a full cycle. You're going to kill it after uh, no time at all. Which you yeah. can do in your Tesla and, and things like that. And all those sorts of things that just like why if you buy a 911 or a Panama or a Cayenne or a Macan or something now, they're pretty much bulletproof and they perform amazingly mm. for a long time. Yeah. And they will you, you could bring say, that yeah. to the oh, electric car market. Kia Stinger because it's the same speed as a V6 yeah. Panama. And it's, they, they just like compare it. That for me is the same as comparing the Tesla to the... Yeah to the uh taken it's it's just good it's i think revolutionary is possibly the wrong word like you say it's not quite it's more it's, an evolution it's, of yeah, it's it's just uh, it's it's an, it's an amazing step in the right direction the electric stuff i'm always i think we're i don't want to speak too soon but i think we're going to be i'm pretty confident that we're going to be able to own and drive petrol cars for the duration of our life certainly uh be them class, yeah, yeah be them classics and things like that but I mean, we've got to start adapting yeah and i i wouldn't you know we have these ultra low emission zones and stuff in london yeah. potentially we could have a no emission zone mm. and it could be london and you're only yeah. allowed to drive an electric car that and will it, happen and it in that scenario i think i'm more interested in if you said you had to get an electric car right now i wouldn't be looking at getting a big electric suv or anything like that i would be looking at getting a small ideally like kind of nice so maybe like an Audi A1 type yeah. car, well, but electric and I, light. I quite like the. I wouldn't own one, but I quite like the i3. It's yeah. that it ticks. It ticks a very big box, and I'm surprised. I mean, I'm sure they've done well in the world, but you don't see that many of them in London. No, I think um, they've held their value. Yeah, quite they well. have. And I th- but the, with that in mind, they're, they're not cheap because there's a lot that goes into them. But, but they're also they're they're sort of the very beginning of this yeah. electric journey. Yeah, um, I think what we've had recently the Peugeot 208. I think it was E. It's a small Peugeot, but actually, as with all Peugeot's new cars, it looks quite good from the outside. The inside is, like, designed nicely. And actually, just having a small light car is going to be super efficient because it's, it's not very well having an electric car, and people are like, oh, it's good having an electric car. But actually, if you have a three-ton brick, you, it could potentially cost you just as much to run as a petrol car. Yeah. Now, it, it will cost you a bit less, but it could cost two-thirds the price because it's just not actually very efficient. But yeah, it's, I think it's interesting. It's interesting where these things are going to go. And hopefully you'll still be allowed to drive old classic cars and stuff every yeah. now and then. There'll always be a way, I'm sure, for the foreseeable future at least. But yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much. And thank for you for having me. Coming on the podcast. Thanks for coming down. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.